Uh, it is time for the main event, ladies. Prepare yourselves. We are about to get our minds blown. Um, I want to introduce to you um, the director of senior high formation at St. Joseph's Parish, um, a spunky woman. Yeah! <laughs> A spunky woman, a holy woman, and someone who is on fire to get us to live the lives that we are supposed to. So please help me welcome Gina Bauer. Hello, everyone. I got the book. Ready to go? All right. Yeah. I bought my cheat sheet if I need it. All right. Let's say one Hail Mary. Let's pray it. Okay. Really well. All right. We're going to ask Our Lady to pray for us women, girls, gals, teens, mothers, who's ever here, for help. Okay? Sometimes I don't say Hail Mary. I say, help Mary. <laughs> Full of grace. <laughs> Okay, okay, so let's pray hard. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us sinners. Mary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. It's so real. It's so real. We are sinners. I'm a sinner. I am. I'm gonna try so hard all my life to be good and, and to be accepted. I worked at it so hard in high school. I, I, I especially worked hard in my studies and especially worked hard in gymnastics. But at the end of my senior year of high school, when I graduated from high school and I lost my team, and I lost my friends moving into high school, I was, from high school to college, I was so lost. And sure, I prayed and I went to church on Sunday, every Sunday. I don't know what would happen if we didn't go to church in our house, okay? I really don't know what would happen because I never tried it. When I was a senior, I went out to a prom, and my friends and I, and our friends, we stayed up all night long, and I got home at 9 o'clock in the morning. I got out of my prom dress and into my church clothes and went right over to Mass as fast as I could. Mm -hmm. Got home, put a note on my door. I went. <laughs> and my dad opens up the door, and he says, Did you really? <laughs> I did. Okay, then you can sleep, honey. Pope John Paul II, in 1986, wrote a letter to women. I graduated in 1981 from high school. 
I needed that letter. I went to St. Thomas College, yep, and I studied hard, 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 failed some accounting classes, did not go into accounting, <laughs> went into theology. Because I would sit in those classes and I would study and study and study and search and search to try to figure out who I was and what was the meaning of life. I went to church and I said my prayers, but I felt so empty and so lonely. I got a copy of that letter. I read it and I cried. I cried with joy. I couldn't believe anybody wrote it, let alone the Pope. Pope John Paul II had something to say to the women of the church about their dignity and about their calling. What is dignity? Dignity is how much you value something. Dignity is how much you value someone. And so when we're going to talk about the dignity and the calling, the vocation of women, to have Pope John Paul II write this letter, Malarius Dignitatum, took me so long to say it right. I still don't know if I have it. <laughs> Someone says it starts like a mule, <laughs> but that's not who it's written to. Anyway, I'm like, be quiet, Father. <laughs> it's one of my good friends. So Pope John Paul II wrote this letter to women, and there's a reason that he wrote this letter. He wanted to call the women forth. And what he said is that at this time, at this moment, when the human race is undergoing such a deep transformation, if that was moved over just a little bit more, women imbued, that means women filled with the spirit of Christ can do so much to aid humanity in not failing. He said, at this moment, women who are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we can do so much for humanity not failing. Holy smoke, arenas. <laughs> that sounds important, doesn't it? And so he writes this letter and he calls forth all the women of the world. And I'm reading this letter and I'm crying and I'm saying, is anybody reading this? I think this is kind of important. <laughs> okay, so what I have done is picked out seven keys out of that letter. Just seven keys. We could do a whole bunch more. But we're going to start with seven, and we'll see how I do. Maybe we'll get three, three, through three or four. But I want to tell you something about this pope. Is he loved women. He just loved women, and he called them to their, to their dignity and vocation, just like Christ did. He wasn't afraid of women. His mother died when he was young. And he was, he was you know, I don't want to say the pope was a sinner, but he, he really was kind of envious of these other children who had mothers. He had a great father who was a military man. They had lots of discipline, early to rise and, you know, work, 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 and pray, 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 and all that kind of stuff, right? 
His father would turn the thermometer down in the house just to like prepare him to be a tough guy, yeah? But there wasn't a lot of roses or flowers on that kitchen table, I don't think. There wasn't the love and the tenderness that a mother brings to a home. And I'll tell you what, if you don't have a home and you don't have love in this world, what do you have? Right? What is the number one thing that we need? We need to be loved. We need to be loved and we need to be accepted. God made you that way. You're not weird, you're not pathetic, and you don't have issues. <laughs> you were made to be loved, okay? And not only were you made to be loved, but your heart, your soul is immortal. That means that you're made to be loved forever. <laughs> forever. And your heart is so waiting to be filled and to be loved, not just by the loves of this world, but because you have this soul thing happening here, you are made to be loved with an infinite love. Mm -hmm. Infinite love, little heart, little soul. How big is that heart and soul? <laughs> that is made to be loved infinitely. Why do you think you want to be loved so much? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because God had to make a heart that he could what? Fit into. Yes. <laughs> and he did it. And so when you try to stuff your heart with all the things of this world and say that's going to be enough, right? God's like, no way, baby. We're going to take your heart and we are going to prepare it. And how does he do this? Key number one, we need to go from Eve to Mary. We need to go from Eve to Mary. And we need to start practicing this right now while we're in high school or college or wherever you're at. From Eve to Mary. There's a story of a young woman from our parish that was dating a young man, and another young man from our parish didn't know. See if you can follow this. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> didn't know if this man would be appropriate for this young woman, so they went out to have coffee to talk about it. And they are out having coffee, and he says to her, So. When you're with him, are you more like Eve or more like Mary? <laughs> she blushed. <laughs> Good question, isn't it? Who do you become? <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> so, what happens is she goes out with this guy and they're talking, and she says, so what are your goals? Like, what do you want to be? What inspires you? What's your philosophy of life, right? And he says, um, I don't know. <laughs> and she says, well, hmm, maybe you should think about this. And he says, well, what's yours? And she says, well, I know for sure I want to be a saint. And he says back, well, I can't help you with that. 
they broke up. <laughs> okay, from Eve to Mary. From Eve to Mary. That when Mary, when Mary was asked by God, will you be my mother? The angel comes to Mary. Will you serve? Mary says, let it be done unto me. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Mary, girls, Mary knew who she was. We have to know who we are. Are you a servant of the Lord or not? Because if you're a servant of the Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. There's only one yes you get, and it's the first one. Right? Right, Jonah? You get one yes, and you say yes to Jesus, and what does he do? He just keeps asking and asking and asking, and you just keep giving and giving and giving. Why? Because he's going to take your little soul all the way to heaven. Woo! And nobody else is going to do that for you, girls. All right? All right. So this is the deal. We got to know who we are. And we have to say to Jesus, yes, yes. And saying yes to him means that sometimes you have to say no to others. I'm going to tell you what. I've been doing it for 48 years, and I'm okay so far. All right? It won't kill you, girls. I figure I'm halfway home. What? I'm halfway there. Oh, I hope I can make it to the end. Come on, I need some help. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's like, she's, I am a little. Okay. Okay, so to, to serve is terrain. To serve is terrain. So Mother Mary says yes. She says yes to this angel, and she goes, what does she do? The first thing Mother Mary does, she says yes to this angel, and she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Why? I'll tell you why. Because that angel said, your cousin Elizabeth has conceived a baby. Now, Elizabeth's old, and she's not supposed to be able to have any more babies, right? Right. So Mary's wondering, okay, the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowed me, right? I'm supposed to be pregnant, right? Do you think she had a test to take? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? She goes off to see Elizabeth because Elizabeth is supposed to be pregnant. And can Elizabeth have babies at this time in her life? So why is Mary going on the trip, girls? Yuck, yuck, yuck with Elizabeth and say, I've been having some really strange things happen in my life, and I'd like to know how you're doing. <laughs> so she goes, to, she goes to see Elizabeth. She comes into the room, and what happens? Elizabeth turns and says, at the moment, at the moment that your voice greeted me, my child within me leapt in my womb. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And at that moment, Elizabeth confirms Mary's motherhood. Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she says, my soul rejoices in the Lord. My spirit exalts in God, my Savior, for he has done great things for me. Holy smokes. <laughs> I 
going to be the mother of God. <laughs> you know, these were real women. And this happened. And they were, they were blown away. Blown away women by two things. They were blown away that they were called and they were chosen. And they said yes to God. And his, when we say yes to God, his blessings far outdo all of our little yeses. We'll never regret it. The only regrets Pope John Paul II said was to fear, was to regret what you didn't do. When I die and I get to heaven, I want to stand before Jesus. I want to look at him. I want to see a smile. I want him to say, good try. <laughs> you know, I don't want him to say, you're so successful, because I know it will be a lie. <laughs> OK? Mother Teresa said, it's not about being so perfect. She said, don't be afraid to fail. Be faithful. Just be faithful. When you mess up, come back. I had a young woman I was working with one time, and she, she's just so hard on herself and so whack, whack, whack all the time to herself. How many people know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and finally, I looked at her, I said, would you just knock it off and just go back to him? And she looks at me, she goes, what do you mean? And I started to cry. And when I started to cry, she got it. I go, just go back. He loves you. How hard would it be for a mother or father to love their child and not let them love them back and forgive them, keep them going on the right path? God knows what he's dealing with, ladies. Okay, to serve is to reign. Isaiah 42, Christ is the servant of the Lord. Pope John Paul II said this. I want you to get this. I love this line. He said, with Mary's fiat, with her yes, at the Annunciation, Mary takes her place within Christ's messianic service. Mary takes her place. Boom. Right? She takes her place in Christ's messianic service. You know what that means? He says that in Mary, each and every woman finds her new beginning. We all have a spot. We all have a place to take our place in Christ's messianic service. And to serve is to reign. And so what this is, is that Mother Mary, when she was on earth, she said yes to Jesus. And she went to visit Elizabeth, and they cried and hugged, and they were so happy. And then what did they do? They proceeded to raise these boys up, to make them the men they should be. Why? Because John needed to get everything ready for the kingdom of God on earth for Jesus. And he got his head chopped off doing it. You know, this was... This was a kingdom, okay? This was a battle and a war. John gets his head cut up, and we know what's going to happen to Jesus, right? And these women had to prepare these men and help make them the men that they were going to be. Did you ever think about that? You know those brothers in your house? You know those fathers? You know those sons? You know what I'm talking about? Those boyfriends? Mm-hmm. 
Pope John Paul II said one of the gift of women was their attitude towards human beings. Women have, an, women have an openness and an attitude hum, towards human beings to love them. That's why every time you do something mean, you apologize 500 times. <laughs> right? It is, because you were meant to build up, not to tear down. And when you tear down, you kind of know it. You know what I'm talking about? And that's why you feel kind of guilty, because you are made to build up life to service to reign. We each take our place. We each take our place. We all have a place. And what Pope John Paul II wanted the women to know is that their calling and their vocation, it was huge. Because the dignity and the value of the human being is how much they're accepted and how much they're loved. And if they don't know they're valued, and they don't know they're accepted, and they don't know they're loved, they cannot give love back. And so primarily, the next key, motherhood. Motherhood, he said, is a vocation for each and every woman. And that kind of blew me away, because I was like, well, not everyone becomes a mother. You know what I'm talking about. Well, guess what? If you are a follower of Christ, you do. Because there's spiritual motherhood where you nurture and build up the people in your life that God puts in your life. And guess what? They go to heaven or hell if you don't. Do you ever think about that? People go to heaven or hell based on how much they're loved. Why? Because if you don't experience love, it's very hard to believe that God loves you. Right? So this is high calling. When I, um, there's two stories I want to tell you quick. I am a spiritual mother. I have a lot of teenagers. I've worked in youth ministry for a long time. 25 years, I think. 24, 25, something like that. And I've been a mother for 21 years. And when I got married and I was all into my work. Because when I went to college and, and when I went and studied to do all this stuff, I was going for what? To, to have a career and to work. Because we, that's what human beings do, we work, right? And for most of us, when we're successful at our work or our sports or whatever, that's how we find our what? Value and worth, right? Okay, so then you get married and all of a sudden, you are with child. I was right away. I got married on August 12th, and I was due August 12th the next year. God was making a clear message to me, and I really didn't get this stuff. I got married because I thought it'd be so wonderful to marry my husband and not be lonely anymore, right? And then all of a sudden, I wasn't going to be lonely at all, okay? And so I have, little, I have my little baby, and I'm in the hospital, and I'm sleeping with my little baby on my side, and I've got to tell you the truth. When this baby comes out, I look at him. He opens one eye, and he looks back at me. <laughs> Just one. And I look at him, and I said, honestly, I never did this before. <laughs> I will do my best. I really don't know what I'm doing at all. I haven't thought about this at all. I didn't, because in college, they never talked to you about being a mother, right? They talked about nurse, physical therapist, accountant, all right? 
<laughs> no one talked about motherhood. So I had this baby. Okay, so the, he did fine, and then we had another one, and then we had another one. And then I was like, okay, now I've been home. I worked outside of the home part-time. I worked inside the home very full-time, okay? All right. So then what happened was I was getting ready. I was going to be doing more work, more speaking, more youth ministry, more pilgrimages. And what happened was the gift of my little baby daughter, Jenna, came. And I was not expecting this. And I'll tell you what, this is where God switched something on me. I waited, every night I went downstairs and I would pray that my heart would grow, that I could stay home another five or six years, right? And I gave up going on the road, I gave up doing a lot of big things that I was set to do. And I went down there and every night and I put my hand right on my stomach, wear it right on my little baby Jenna, and I'd say, now this is nothing personal. Mom just needs to deal with herself. <laughs> and then I would go, ah! <laughs> right? And finally, after a week or so, I was at peace. I made the adjustments and worked it out with my husband, what we were going to do, and I was at peace with it. I was at peace with it. And I wanted, if they can get it up, I want to show you a picture of her. Here she is. And um, that's my little Jenna Bodena, Peepana Bodena Bodena, my Jenna. <laughs> and um, one night when, when she was born and I was holding her and I sang her this little song and it went like this. It went, good night, Jenna. Good night, Jenna. Good night, Jenna. I'm awfully glad you came. And um, she's now six years old, and I still sing her that song. She asks me every night, sing me my song. And then she says, no, say David. No, say Michael. No, say Daddy. <laughs> so we go through the whole crew. But I share that with you because... Pope John Paul II wanted to restore to women the dignity of being wives and mothers. That it is, there's a great dignity in the order of love. And he wanted women to know you are needed everywhere in the culture. You are needed women to be great women as wives and mothers. You are called to be great women as religious sisters and consecrated sisters. You are called to the workplace. You are called to be doctors. You are called to be lawyers. You are called to be every station in life and to bring about love in every corner of the world by who you are in your presence. I'm gonna tell you what, I wasn't planning on telling you this, but I went to a concert recently, all right? It was a great concert. And the guys on stage were really like positive and family orientated. It was fun. It was really, really fun. Okay. Afterwards, my brother-in-law wanted to go out to meet the band. Okay. At an Irish pub. Are you following me? So I'm like, fine. I'm Irish. So we go down there and we're having a great time. And all of a sudden, the, the, the leader, all the band is coming to our table to meet us. 
you know, that's kind of a compliment, right? So anyway, they're at our table, and we're visiting and talking, and he starts talking. And he's talking terrible. He's using filthy language. He's telling very profane jokes. <laughs> and everybody's kind of laughing, kind of <laughs> laughing, you know? And I'm like, what? I don't know why. And finally, he cuts everyone's conversation. He looks at me. He goes, you don't like me, do you? <clears throat> I said, I liked you better on stage. He goes, oh. He goes, you remind me of my sister. I said, she must be a good sister. <laughs> that's, that's what the Pope is saying. To, to go into the culture and into the world and to what? What Father said, too, tonight, bring that light of Christ. Bring it. Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, is the next key. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the servant of the Lord. God the Father sent him into this world to show us what our dignity and what our value is. Pope John Paul II said, each one of us, each one of us, if I had just one, could I just have one volunteer quick, really quick, up, up here, yeah, come on up. Pope John Paul II said, just one person, one person, this is a person, what's your name? Sarah. Sarah, this is Sarah. Sarah is called by God to an exclusive, unrepeatable relationship with the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Score. And how, how this happened, how that invitation was given to Sarah was through this Jesus right here. You see up there it says I-N-R-I. I always like to think that says, I never regretted it. That's, that's our, that's, let's that be our secret code. <laughs> Our own secret code. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll write a book. It'll say INRI. You guys will all know what it means, okay? <laughs> I never regretted it. And when he died on that cross, they took a sword and they they pierced his heart. The most sacred heart of Jesus, the, the heart of God that just just loves, loves, loves to the point of even when they put him up on that cross and humiliated him and spit on him and did every other horrible thing to that most beautiful son of God, that most beautiful God in a bod. Why did he put that bod on? God in a bod, why? Why would he leave his throne in heaven and come all the way down to this earth and become a, a guy? Maybe, maybe it was because Adam needed a little help. It wasn't just Evie who needed a little help. Maybe Adam did too. And so Jesus Christ becomes the perfect bridegroom. 
He is Christ, the perfect bridegroom. He gives his life for his bride, the church. He, 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 the scripture says he gave it to the end. He went to the end. That's what he did. And he did it to show you and to show me, don't you ever doubt. Don't you ever doubt, young lady. You're so beautiful and so young. Don't you ever doubt that Jesus loves you. He loves you just for who you are. If there is nobody else here in this room tonight, he would come and give you a talk through me to you, just for you, to say, I love you. <laughs> and he's crazy mad in love with all of us. He's so in love with us. And his heart was pierced, and that blood and that water poured out, and that was the blood of the Holy Eucharist, and it was the water of baptism, and it was new life gushing out, gushing out, gushing out over all of us crazy Catholics who would say what? Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, right? Yes, yes, and that's what he did, and it worked, because we're all here, right? It worked. Christ the bridegroom. And we can't be afraid to go to him with everything. Everything. You don't have to be anybody but who you are. You don't have to be a big fat sinner either. There's a lot of people, you know, that aren't smoking and aren't drinking and aren't doing all this stuff. They're just really bored and wonder if there's any life for them. You know what I mean? Guess what? There is. It's in Jesus Christ. And so that's what he wants you to know. When you talk to him, I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm going to go to the next key. When you go to him, there was one night I was deep in prayer. We got we to gotta pray, pray with our heart, and then we got to listen, because the Holy Spirit will, will talk to you in your heart. And this is how you'll know it's him. One time I was praying, and I got this answer, and I said, okay, Jesus, was that you or me? And you know what he said to me? Where would you have come up with that? <laughs> At first I was a little insulted, then I thought, yeah, that's true, though. I really wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm at a conference one night with all these youth, and I was checking out all my kids. Everyone's fine, safe, then I, then I can go into prayer. And so I went into prayer, I was deep in prayer, and I was really praying about some hurts from my childhood. And I went all the way back. And I just, I just, sometimes we carry this stuff in us, and we don't let it go. And I was like, Father in heaven, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. And I'm kneeling there, and it's during adoration, and my, my face is just streaming, and I'm just giving it to him. I don't want to hang on to this baggage anymore. I wanted freedom. And I'm praying it, I'm praying it, I'm just praying so hard, giving it, oh, yeah, prayer, 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 and I get all done, and I'm just so exhausted. And all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there, it's quiet and peaceful, and I hear within my heart these words. I want you guys to get this, okay? I'm just like, <laughs> And I hear, and I give you my son. And I went, oh, that's right, thank you. But what did he say? He didn't say, I gave you my son. He said, 
and I give you my son. You didn't just get him on your Holy Communion. You just didn't get him at your confirmation. You get Jesus every day. And he takes your broken heart and he gives you his. He's the perfect bridegroom. The greatest of these is love. Love is the call. The cry of the heart to be loved, but also the cry of God, your God, your Father in heaven. He wants you to be, to love him. Pope John Paul II said, when you see Jesus on the cross, see God the Father asking you to have mercy on him and just love him. That is what God wants from us, women in the church. And we have to, in the greatest of these is love, the moral and spiritual strength of a woman. The moral and spiritual strength. Moral means your morality, how you choose good and avoid evil. That moral strength and that spiritual strength of a woman is joined to her awareness that God has entrusted to you, the human being, in a specific way. You're to do good and to avoid evil. Why? Because you don't want to mess up other people. You say no to your boyfriend. Why? Because you don't want to mess him up and you don't want to mess you up and you don't want to mess that baby up that could come. That's why you say that. That's why you make good spiritual choices because you care. How do I know you care? Because you know I know that you know that I know that I know that you care. Don't we just care all the time about everything to the point of driving us all a little nuts? How many would agree? All right. <clears throat> so what Jesus wants is he wants you to put on your heart prayer. Prayer, because in prayer, the Holy Spirit comes and grows within you. And he says, the Pope says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to love God and do not be afraid to love human beings. When you love other people and you put yourself out there, what do you risk? Being rejected, getting hurt. Ask any of the young women on net, they'll tell you. I want to tell you what, the first time for the net women, first time I walked into an RE class to teach, I walk into this RE class of ninth graders to teach, okay? One of the guys has a mohawk and chain, chain on, okay, and a mohawk, and I write a note, make friends with him fast. <laughs> and then there's this other young lady, and she's in the back, and she's got her head down, and when I look at her, she gives me the birdie. And I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit birdie, all right? And I'm like, oh, great. And what's the topic on? Holiness. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I kept that young lady in my class that night. And I said to her, young lady, stay in class. She stayed. She gave me this look like, you know. And what do they always say? Whatever. And I looked at her and I said, listen, I know you don't want to be in my class. And I said, I can understand that, but I know you need to be in my class. So this is the deal. You mind your business, I'll mind mine, but keep your fingers to yourself. 
And she says, fine. And I said, fine. I said, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Off she goes. I wonder if she'll ever come back again, right? Next week, she's in her class. She's sitting there. And she's got her fingers to herself. <laughs> so we proceed. We proceed. And this is what happened. When I was teaching, I would bend over to talk to her. I'd smile at her. because I said, you can keep your head down. And I talked to her. She kept coming to class, coming to class. And what happened was the next year, I was not her teacher, but I got a letter from her. And we got, she wanted to get together a little note. And I met with her. And she was suicidal. So we got her help. I still, all these years later, get Christmas cards from her. That's, that's the power of love. And without prayer, we can't love like that. You can't love people when they're mean to you. So we're going to close now with this. I think there's a quote. Is there a quote? Here we go. I don't know, can you guys move that over or not, whoever has it up? Okay. Christ is calling you to do great things. Do not disappoint him. You would be dis disappointing yourself. Young women, Christ is calling you to change the world. And what he is saying is that do not disappoint him. You will disappoint yourself. When you die and you stand before the Lord, you want to have no regrets. So like Mother Mary, we have to do what? We have to say yes and not be afraid. Amen. Thank you so much, Gina. I like Gina because she knows who she is. Do you know what I mean? I feel like some people like would try to be like, like try to fit a mold, and Gina's like, this is me! I love it. <laughs> there is a lot to chew on.